You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Nigga. a brand new episode of Off Book presented to you by Broadway Black. We're here to hit our marks. I'm going to do it right now. I'm Drew Shea. I'm Donya Love. And I am Loy A. Webb. Come yeah. Yeah. Woo. Hey. I'm so geeked hey. to have you here. Oh and I feel God. like I've just been running to you ever since the president from a couple weeks we ago. Each other. Yes, but like I'm, it just brings me so much joy. And you're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Beautiful black Glowing. woman. Glowing. Like, literally. Like. Yeah. Come I on through. I am in awe. Come on, pink lip. Oh Come on through. You better <laughs> get it. Yes. You She's better get it. Can I, I just say that it is like a dream to be here? Because I literally listen to this show every week. I have oh listened to it since Dominique's first episode with Come the Get on. Your Odds and Numbers yes. Up. And Drew, like, I just want to tell you, and I have something for you too, Danye, but I want to tell you, Drew, like, I remember when you weren't uploading podcasts and that really, like, Ooh. I was like, What's going on? I, yeah, what's going on? I hope he brings it back. And then when you came back, I was excited, but I was a little bit sad when you said that, you know, you had to set it down for a while. And I just wish that I could have told you, like, what you're doing is so essential, not just to um, the listeners each week, but to black theatrical culture, because there's nobody preserving that. Mm. And I have this book that is the analogy, uh, it's the anthology of the um, Negro in American theater. And it has like all the old pictures of like Ruby D mm-hmm. and Ozzie yeah. Davis and Alice Childress. And I feel like you are um, preserving our culture Amen. for the next generation. And so I want to thank you for that. Amen. And I want to thank you, Danye, mm. for being so transparent about your playwriting journey, mm-hmm. because it has helped me tremendously mm. navigate that. And, you know, when I was going through my things, I called you and you were right there. And I just appreciate both of y'all and what y'all doing it is so necessary oh my Thank gosh you. you're gonna make us cry mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't take it I like i say we it. we are in this thing together yeah. like community is so yeah. important for me and i i feel like i can say the same for you as well drew like community well, I mean, is so important like you've taught me that you know it was a mm-hmm. moment where i was very bitter towards this community mm-hmm. um and but I, but it's the right community right right right, right. definitely and um so hearing you say that uh Lloyd, thank you so much and it just reminds me of how important community is and preserving mm-hmm. community and being able to have a solid community. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my God. I just, I'm so happy. Come on, <laughs> through. thank you so much. I'm so glad thank that you y'all. listened to it. Like,
when we yeah. met at yes, the I press said, event. Listen, it was everybody there, like Playbill and all the time. I'm like, I don't care about nobody but Drew. I that's know all that's I care right. About. That's all yes, I care about. Yes, that's yes. That's all I care oh about. God. You made my day, and I'm so happy that I get to know you personally now. Yeah. Oh, and, yes. and you know you can pick up the phone and call and text. Like, if you, oh, just yes. you got something you want to get off yes. your chest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're I here. appreciate We are here, yes. Very Oh, my gosh. That just brightens up my whole life. Literal saying. That literally helps me to keep moving, keep mm-hmm. going, mm-hmm. to keep creating, mm-hmm. because it's a nonstop journey. Like this yeah, thing yeah. that we on, this road that we on, it is it is so vast and so big, and mm-hmm. it's so influential, and it's so um, necessary. Mm-hmm. And and we need more black playwrights. We mm-hmm. need more uh, black stage managers. We need mm-hmm. more black actors. We need more people that are in in this particular art form. Um, and it just seems like it's getting better. It's, yeah. it's getting bigger and that's what that's what we want and so thank you for your light and your love oh thank um, y'all yeah like that's yes. us it's just yeah. it just warms my heart so much <laughs> very very that and like I I I will say so y'all talked about uh, y'all uh, meeting before yeah. um, recording this this is so uh, Lloyd and I mm-hmm. through like social media yeah. knew each other um, then talking on the phone yeah. and like texting and what have you but yeah, this yeah. is our first official time yeah. meeting oh, but when I tell in person yes, and, and, I and, and, yes. but I have to say that I felt famous when Donye mentioned my name on the podcast and he said he saw a picture of me yes. Jocelyn Aziza Barnes on Christopher Street and I that made him emotional down. to see mm-hmm. three black female playwrights um, um, programmed in one season. I was like, because oh. I didn't know him like that. And for him to mention, say my name, I'm like, oh my God, Danye knows me. I'm famous. It was, it was <laughs> really, really well. But, but so like I uh, just share, uh, like this is being, this being our first time meeting, um, I just, Speaking yeah, yeah. for myself, it feels like that I've already like known you, and it just feels like I feel a connection. It feels which family, is, yeah. yeah that's like, like that family. community. It's I'm 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 here for. I love it, and I'm excited to have you on Thank this y'all. show. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it in, y'all. Come so let's through. talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on this week. Yeah, let's talk about um, what weeks. you been doing. Um, wait, before we do that, should we uh have like just Lloyd talk about like who she is, what's going on? I mean, we yeah, can, uh, yeah, we gonna get into that. <laughs> okay, he's like, he like, look, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You too hype. Calm down. <laughs> okay, so let me talk about my week. Um, I I've I had a very interesting week. It was um a week that reminds me uh that reminded me that God is always moving um God knows exactly what she's doing and is always on time so i i shared that i've been uh working on a play um that the most personal play that i've ever written thus far and it chronicles my journey of being positive um and it was such a very cathartic uh piece of writing for me just to navigate through that and Wednesday, um, I shared it uh, at school, and y'all, I was shaking. Really, I was literally shaking. Who was in the room? Um, it was literally just my like uh, cohorts, so like other writers, and I had like um, I had uh, so it's uh, three characters in the play, um, and those was what three actors in the play, um, but it's nine characters. So mm-hmm. the three actors are playing multiple characters throughout the entire play, and it's pretty much like people in my life and like all of these things. But I was, because it's, one, it's a new play, so we know how mm-hmm. nerve-wracking that can be. Right. And then it's such a personal play where the main character's name is Dante. So I was oh, not escaping me at all. Yeah. Um, and so I was really nervous and really shaken. Um, and so I share all that. Because we fast forward to 
uh, Saturday, um, a friend tells me that um, a friend of his was just recently diagnosed uh, with mm-hmm. being positive, and that friend wasn't taking it well at all. Um, he started drinking more, um, uh, like skipped on taking meds, was throwing himself into like different men in terms of having sex, just uh, became depressed. And so um, last night, um, I didn't know this person at all, but I said, hey, I want to take you out to dinner so we could talk. Um, and I just uh, let this person just share what his journey was. I shared what my journey was. Um, and it's making me emotional right now just thinking about it because I could just see in his eyes um, that he was so defeated. But I also was able to see in his eyes that he saw and he felt so much hope that I can and I will. And there is so much more for me out there. And it just reminded me um, of and I, I, I say it all the time, but it's, it's those little moments for me that's reminders of why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I have to do what I do. Um, despite what other people might think or feel, um, it's a calling over me and I have to do this. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's. That's been my week. God oh, has been powerful. moving. You are yeah. doing the work, Doctor. Yeah, I got no yeah. choice but to. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love that. Amen. Aloy, <laughs> you've been in previews this week for a show called The Light the at Light MCC. at MCC. The first show at their new space. Yeah, yeah just a little show. This <laughs> just is the first little, show you know, in a space <laughs> opening the on up. Yes, yes. off-Broadway. Yes. With um, the, the wonderful Mandy. And, and your McKin- fave, McKinley Belcher III. <laughs> Lily, I was getting there. I will say, from how he set it up, when when he said the wonderful Mandy, I thought he was going to say the wonderful man Candy. <laughs> and, so, and that was going to be his introduction for McKinley. <laughs> you, but, you know, My bad. I was going to get there, you know. But, you know, it's fine. McKinley Belcher, and, mm-hmm. and directed by Logan Vaughn. Yes. Uh, and you guys open on the 10th? Yes, we open February. on the 10th of February. So tell us a little bit about this show and, and where it came from, where the idea idea came from and mm-hmm. and all that good stuff okay so uh the show is about a couple on the eve of their engagement and they face this reckoning moment in their relationship mm-hmm. and so what we do is we follow them through three three phases of their love what does their love look like in joy what does it look like in pain and what does it look like with the hope of redemption mm. um the inspiration came from, in 2006, came from my feelings toward actor Nate Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of Nate, and when the information came out that he had um, raped a young woman mm-hmm. while he was in college, as well as knowing how Birth of a Nation was a passion project for him, and me looking up to him because he was the type of actor that would not take a role if he felt like it disrespected um, his people, and that whole thing, like Pearl Clegg says, like, why do we continue to celebrate um, the genius and face of the monster? Mm. And so that whole thing, I wanted to explore that based upon the inspiration that mm-hmm. um, the whole Nate Parker birth of a nation controversy um, did for me. And so that's what became the light. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now you've been telling this. A I lot know, I know. I'll try to shorten it. Because <laughs> it's a <laughs> whole story. story. No, like, 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 I was like, wow, she did an amazing job. If, yeah. like, if you want to hear the whole Wrapping story, you can find it on up. broadwayblack.com. There's a video and also some yeah. photos from Meet the Press, which are beautiful, which you'll see on broadwayblack.com. Come tomorrow, or actually today. That's when this comes out. So boom, yeah. So you'll see all of that, and you can hear the entire story. The entire story of, of how she developed <laughs> this play. But what has the process been like for you? Um, it's been um a growth process, a growth and learning process. And ultimately, what I'm most excited about is that um we've created this beautiful story, mm-hmm. um directed by Logan Vaughn, told every 
single night by two wonderful, talented, beautiful actors, Mandy and beautiful. McKinley. <laughs> you you better stress it. You stress it. Everybody else think Both that. Of them, Both of them are that's gorgeous. That's some beautiful, like, beautiful black ass people. Like. Be- like, <laughs> like we talked about it on the show before, and like before even starting this particular show, we said it to you, Lloyd. Yes. Like the entire creative team, like all God was all like, I'm just gonna put gorgeousness all oh, over this play and this production because y'all are y'all, just beautiful y'all beings. Need to be involved, come through, yeah, very <laughs> that, very much so, like, very that. Yes, yes. With, and with McKinley and his shirt off. Like, <laughs> oh I'm here for that. Uh, is there a production photo with? Yeah. Like, it has to be. You gotta one. come to the show. Okay. You might see something. You might not. You come heard it here. Show. Get your ass into this show. Yes. MCC. You might see something. You might not. But um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> no, but it's been an amazing uh, experience. We had a preview performance for um, three different youth companies yesterday, mm. and I got a text from someone from the theater telling me that one of the young man's mom said I think Lloyd might have um, changed my son's life with this play Um, and made him a better person and I just literally burst into tears Mm -hmm. and then today at our matinee two Mm. black women we're out we're out in uh, the lobby talking, and they burst into tears, saying, "Thank you for making me seem, fe- seem uh, for making me feel valued mm-hmm. and believed." And that is when I say that is all that I need um, for people to tell me that to hear that. I mm-hmm. feel like I, I accomplished everything I set out to do. That's the beauty of oh the work yeah. of the words. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm really curious. I I, I love that, and I. I, I don't know. Uh, for me, I can always uh, feel my uh, artistic family. Yeah. Um, and like I, I feel it with you. And mm-hmm. there's like so many other writers that I feel it with as well. Yeah. Um, just people who are um, very much authentic and full and who they are, particularly mm-hmm. their like blackness and um, knowing who they write about, who they write for and what's so important to them. And like I feel that for you and I thank you mm-hmm. for that. Um, and I thank you for telling the stories that need to be told mm-hmm. for us to be able to see ourselves reflected and you and I have had um, some conversations Mm -hmm. just about the journey of being a writer Mm -hmm. and getting to certain levels where when you get into certain rooms you won't see yourself Mm -hmm. right in terms of blackness Mm -hmm. in these spaces and having to navigate that Mm -hmm. and having to have conversations about the work Mm -hmm. and knowing that the work is about a specific culture but if the Mm -hmm. people who are producing and who are in these rooms don't understand the culture Mm -hmm. so I'm just really curious of what has that process been like for you of of, of having to navigate certain conversations Mm -hmm. um, when you you wrote a piece about these two beautiful black people um, who are experiencing love and the unity Mm -hmm. together and what has that process been like for you? So um, we have uh, three artistic directors, three white men at MCC mm-hmm. uh, that Jocelyn calls uh, the three white uncles. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and so that's what we call the three white uncles. And so I was prepared mm-hmm. for them to come with, you know, just some off-the-wall crazy stuff. But they sat in um, a rehearsal where we did a full run-through for them. And one of them, um, Bernie Telsey, who is the uh, also the owner of Telsey & Co., the mm-hmm. um, casting company, he literally was in tears. Wow. And I... I was just like in shock because I don't write for them. Mm -hmm. I write for people who look like me. And so the fact that this story is transcending race in a way um, where it, it connects with them on a personal level where it's like they feel taken to task Mm -hmm. um, that 
um, I guess that's the cherry on top of that. Like, I thought that I would have to deal with that, but they've been really supportive in the wow. journey. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Awesome. That. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can't wait to see it. I can't yeah, wait I'm saying it on Wednesday. I, like, I, told, I told them, y'all, I said, as long as they don't say it's a play, <laughs> it's a play, I'll be good. That's all. Don't I already know. I already know. I won't be yeah, giving that. Just, just with your, the light that you shine mm -hmm. and, and the essence you. that you have. I know the words are going to be mm. so mm. magnificent so, coming off the page you. and through the actors' mouths, and, and I know it's going to be something that's phenomenal. So I cannot thank wait you. to experience yeah. it. I know that for certain, right now, I can feel <laughs> yeah. already that it's going to be a powerful <laughs> show. So, Come so. through, um, and 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 then also, I'm just really curious of. Um, so this is at MCC, the New York premiere, right? Mm -hmm. You had its world premiere yeah. uh, back. At your Chicago, home in Chicago. Yeah. So, like, what has that journey been like of having a world premiere uh, at one theater and then bringing it to Off-Broadway and have been rewrites? Oh, like, what yeah, has that yeah. process so, been like? So, um, first of all, the journey um, has just been amazing. Like, when I created this story, I did it just because that was a story that I feel God placed in my heart for mm. me to tell. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling that story. And... I believed in that story. And we were at a small theater in Chicago, small 60-seat theater in Chicago, and people just kept coming night after night, sold out shows night after night. And the producers get an email from MCC saying, can we read the play? Wow. Like, I didn't submit, I didn't even know what the heck MCC was. I had to Google it. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> I had to Google it, and I found out, like, there was a playwright um, who I really admire named Philip Dawkins, who he mm -hmm. actually had a play um, done there that he had did in Chicago. And so I'm like, oh, I know, I know who they are. And um, they read it. One of the artistic directors came and saw it, and they said that we uh, want to do it. Yes, now. And so, um, and that's why I always tell people, like, people always tell you what can't happen. Because a lot of players mm -hmm. say, well, you'll never get to New York, or yeah. that's hard to get to. And for, and I understand that the journey is hard. I don't want to make it seem like it's easy, because it's not easy. But you always have to uh, remember that you never know what God has in store for you. Mm. Um, and he can dream, like, that was a thing that y'all said. He can dream a bigger dream for yourself than you can ever dream. Mm -hmm. Um and for me, like we've, I've had a wonderful dramaturg. Mandy is such an intelligent actor. Yes, Logan, she is. the uh, director, and McKinley too. Like they have helped me shape this story and uh, build it as much as I can. And we've created something beautiful. It's in a much stronger place. Mm -hmm. And um, they pushed me and made me a better artist for it. And so I hope that everybody comes and that you get that you take hope from it. That's why I write. Yeah. To give you got hope. me so excited. Yes. 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 I'm excited. Oh and my so gosh. we have something else that you might be excited about too. <laughs> What's we that? We are about to do an interview with Dominique oh Morisot. Uh, <laughs> yes. She has not been on our show since the very first the very, episode. The very first. Yes. That episode changed my life. That gets you and me both. Numbers up. Yes. You and me both. Okay. Yes. So I'm excited to share this moment with you yeah. and to give her a call so let's give her a call right now let's get it Ooh, i'm nervous i'm excited <laughs> i'm nervous because i love yeah. dominique and they're so crazy because like i've been in spaces with her we've had one-on-one -on -one conversations but it's just it's like she is just for me every time i think of um the epitome of being like yes. a black writer who yeah. doesn't waver who is like an advocate yeah. for who she is and her people like dominique always comes to mind yeah, so that's what that nerve is coming from, nigga. 
<laughs> I had to break it down to him real quick. I can't take Don't it. Don't question my nerves. <laughs> because it's like, I mean, I'll be feeling like we all know, everybody know everybody, but at the same time, I guess it's the same for people yeah. that we respect and we admire. Mm-hmm. And to see them continuously do the work and to, yeah. for someone like Dominique to continuously advocate for black people and to do it on such a large scale. I mean, she's a, a genius, a literal mac- literal. Yeah, yeah, she is. Like, she is... Out of this world, and so yes, Ooh, I can't she's wait. like she's like an auntie, like yeah, she really is, like a sister, like an older advice, sister. Anytime you need advice, just listen to her interviews. That's what I do. Yeah, sometimes. so that's why I'm excited. For real, I'm excited to see what <laughs> we get today. Like what, what, what blessings and what gems? Uh, come on now, let me take deal. the notepad out so I can just I write this thing on down. She always has a word. Come on. Okay, here we go, y'all. Let's get it twacking. You know what? <laughs> you know I love to get it twerking. <laughs> I'm so tired of you twerking. <laughs> Let's get it. Hello, Dominique. Hello, hello, Miss Morisso. This is Drew Shade. Hello, hello, hello. How, How are, are you? I can't complain. So we have we're in the studio right now, and we're with uh, Donye Love. Hey. Hello, Diane. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm alive. I know that's right. <laughs> Listen, Come on now. Breathing on schedule. You I know, know that's right. Yeah. We also have in the studio uh, Loy A. Webb, who's our guest co-host today. She's Hi. a playwright. Hi, Loy. Nice to finally talk to you. <laughs> Oh shit! Can y'all see me? We can hear you. How you feel? Can you hear us? I'm pushing buttons on this earpiece. I just got this new earpiece. I'm like, wait, hold up. Technology (laughs) is something else. (laughs) Technology get me every time, so I feel you. Look, you know what get me, my (laughs) child. It get me every time, so I feel you. (laughs) Uh, We just want to make sure you can hear us nice and clear, and we're gonna get started. We're gonna talk about a couple of different things, uh, specifically about Pipeline that's coming to PBS this week. Um, okay. Come through. And also, ain't too proud. That's coming to Broadway. Yes. So My you, soul is boy. ready. <laughs> My soul is ready. You got so much happening right now. Like, come on. And I, I am just, I'm flabbergasted. So I'm, I'm a little nervous. Even though I talked to you before, I'm just, I'd be nervous still. <laughs> I, so, was, I was really telling Drew the same exact thing. Like, just how, like, you are so warm and you are so inviting, but you are just this for me, um, this force, this amazing, beautiful force. I was like, ooh, I'm nervous. I'm excited all at the same time. And I wasn't even nervous until I heard her voice on the phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, I'm nervous too. So let's do all this. <laughs> well, that's let's get it. So, uh, Dominique, you're coming to PBS this week uh, for Pipeline, which is a, a film that was, or a play that was filmed um, at Lincoln Center Theater. And it was uh, in theaters at a time. Mm-hmm. It was a limited run in theaters. And now it's coming to PBS for all the world to see. Why is this important? Why is this a play that you uh, agreed to have uh, filmed? And why do you think it's necessary for people to watch it this week? Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's so, it's hard to talk about why everybody else should find it important, but I can tell you why I find it important. Yeah, I know that's right. You know, for me, it, you know, it's just, for me, it's, I, I just couldn't, um, I'm a, I'm an educator in my heart and my soul. That's always what I've been, um, you know, and that's what I spent a lot of time doing to supplement my income as an artist, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and my mother was an educator for 40 years and, and one of the most economically stressed cities in our nation. It's a city inside of Detroit called Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's the cities, you know, where, you know, white flight has been aggressive. And, it's, you know, it was literally all black city at a certain point um, and has, you know, has seen a hand of economic ruin. Um, you know, I, I remember when I took a plan of mine to, to visit Highland Park one time, um, there was a, the road, it was like a, the pothole, wasn't even a pothole, it was like a volcano. It was like a volcano in the mm. middle of the street, mm. you know? And it was right up the street from the school that I taught at. And I was like, yo, look, at it just made me, like, this driving through Highland Park was at a certain point as, like, coming back to my city as, like, a warrior, you know? Mm-hmm. It would just make me angry, like, my blood would go up, you know? And I'd be like, how can a governor, governor, uh, Rick Snyder that also poisoned cities? Um, you know, like, how could they let that happen? To, how could the state let this happen to their own city? But, I mean, again, it's, it's the same government in Michigan, the same Republican government that let that happen to Highland Park that also let Flint happen, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so same, those same folks working in cahoots with each other and supporting each other and keeping each other, you know, with all the power. So anyway, that kind of stuff really agitated me. And when I think of the the way in which my my students, my young kids have to, um, what they have to battle, my teenagers, what they have to battle just to get their education, like the education that is their, like, human rights, which literally, <laughs> especially in the state of Michigan right now, um, you know, Detroit public school teachers are fighting for uh, even public education as a human right, and the state, the, the, the court, the judge mm. said that it is not their right. Wow. (laughs) Like, a good education is not a human right, and that's the problem, you know? Um, And so, for me, when I look at the school-to-prison pipeline, I mean, it. you know, Michelle Alexander, Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow, really struck me. And, you know, she was talking about mass incarceration and the school-to-prison pipeline. And to me, I started looking at, like, you know, not only is mass incarceration the new Jim Crow, but education and the disparity in education to me is also the new Jim Crow. I mean, like, education is where you're going to see some of the most aggressive segregation and the most aggressive, like, disenfranchisement you've ever going to see. And that's for the kids, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, I can't, it, I don't know what else to do but put it in the art and force the conversation to happen among communities and say, we got to do better for our youth. So for me, it's like, it's paramount. Is a paramount of importance to me as a writer and artist. Right, and I um, 100 appreciate that, and I appreciate you adding to these necessary conversations. And what I was so struck by when I saw a pipeline um, was uh, the poem by Gwendolyn Brooks that you had in there. And I just found myself really curious of um, what was kind of the inspiration or the thought process behind that, because uh, every time I think about your work, um, I do hear poetry in your words and the like repetition uh, within your work as well. So I just found myself really curious of like, what was the thought process behind uh, this particular poem? Um, so Gwendolyn Brooks' poem, We Real Cool, is, it, it, there's a short story behind this, which is when I was in the eighth grade um, in Detroit, we had this teacher, she was like a goddess of, of education. Mm. <laughs> I mean, she had us like, we was in the eighth grade ready for the SAT. You Y'all better know? get it. And um, and she would expose us to literature. So we had a black history show um, that we were doing. And I was given Maya Angelou. 
I was getting and still I rise by mm-hmm. my avenue to perform at the Black History Program, which changed my life as a poet. Just getting exposed to that. But the eighth grade boys, they had we real cool by going to the book. And I will never forget because we used to have to come up to my teacher's uh, classroom at lunchtime and rehearse. And you know, I'm here. I have I have to say things in my Andrew's form that just like this, just like embarrass me to no end. You know, as a young girl going through puberty, her changing body, mm. and having to say stuff like, uh, "Does my sexiness upset you?" Mm-hmm. Does it come as a surprise mm. that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Right? I'm like, thank you, kill me now. You know what I mean? And here I am saying this in front of the eighth grade boys who's like, you know, hard asses and they think shit's funny and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm just dying, right? And then they would do theirs. And, you know, so it was sort of like we was competing. Right. <laughs> and but I was like all by myself and there was like five of them. But what I never forget, I'll never forget them doing this because of the way that they did it. And I mean, it was like we had two Jamars, Jamar one and Jamar two, and they were both in this. So I remember, um, I just remember them going like, Shavante was starting. He'd be like, "We real cool, we less cool," and then Jamar, Jamar number one would be like, "We lurk late and we strike straight." And then I think Ruben was like, "We sing, sing, we stand, gin," and then Jamar number two was like. We jazz June. They would all do that. Like, we jazz June. And Jamar number two was like, we die. And they would all fall. And it just shook my soul. Wow. It shook my soul. It haunted me, frankly. Um, it haunted me. And so when I got to, to Naya, and I thought, you know, what is going to, in, what is going to infiltrate her lesson to her students? That's going to be, you know, a, a, Mm. a message to them but also a message to her and like a, pro- a prophecy sort of a scary prophecy she doesn't want to come true it was, it was real cool right yeah oh my I goodness so the play if, if the audience doesn't know Pipeline is about Naya an inner city public high school teacher who's committed to her students but desperate to give her only son Amari opportunities they'll never have um, with a controversial incident at his upstate private school, uh, when it threatens to get him expelled, Naya must confront his rage and her own choices as a parent. But will she be able to reach him before a world beyond her control pulls him away? Um, and this play talks about the the love of a mother, of a black mother specifically, and the lengths that she'll go, um, even you know, going through her own turmoil and her own things in her own life. Uh, what where did that sort of essence and that inspiration come from to to sort of talk about the 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 limps that a black mother will go to, to protect her child. Well, obviously, I was thinking of the moms of Trayvon and Michael Brown and Tamir mm-hmm. Rice, and, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, these these women who've had to, you know, become the mothers of movement, mm-hmm. really, uh, because of the their 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 son's death led them into activism. And yeah. I just thought, yeah, I mean, what they wouldn't do, what they, the, the, the length they would go to not only protect their own son, even in death, really, because they're also protecting their son's legacy, right? Um, and not just their sons, but then like every mother's son, you know, they mm-hmm. become like every mother's, every, every son's mother. They become like the mother of, of, mass activism around the shootings and police killings of the unarmed black boy. And so, you know, I wanted to invoke 
the the Leslie's and the Sabrina's and the Samarizes, you know, and and really um, give them, but also give single mothers and a, a voice and how they are uh, dealing with um, their son losing their son, you know. Yeah, um, and but I didn't want it to make it, even though I say I wanted to invoke the, the single mothers out there. Um, but not just not just to have their voice in it, but to also just look at what single motherhood means, even when you're not, when your son might have both parents mm-hmm. in his life, but you're still a single mom, right? Because yeah. you're not with the father, right? Right. And so, what does that what does that mean? How does that um, affect the whole family cycle? Indeed, yeah. you know. Definitely, definitely. Um, so this this production of Pipeline, which was at Lincoln Center Theater off Broadway, is going to be aired February eighth on PBS. Uh, so Come make sure on you guys tune in and and watch this show. It's a beautiful show. I had a chance to preview it and and uh, watch it before we talked today, and it was just I just relived it again mm. because I was there opening night and just to to see um, the essence right. of your words come to life, and especially with uh, Karen Pittman. And and um, just the the entire cast was just phenomenal, and so I'm excited to see this again and and, and watch other people get the same yeah. joy that I got um, in seeing this production. So we thank you so much, Dominique, for this work. But we also want to talk about some of the other things that you have coming in. Everything that you've done has revolved around Detroit. That has been the, <laughs> yes, now the literally the common. Uh, denominator and all, even with your production coming to Broadway, ain't too proud. It's a temptation story. How how does how has Detroit changed your life? I mean, it's where you grew up, but what about Detroit has been has made it such a central focus for you? Why Detroit? Has, why have you just attached yourself to that so hard? Oh, uh, you know, the simplest thing is a family. I mean, it's where I grew up, you know. And, and I should say, you know, Pipeline, even though I took the story from Detroit, I, also, I wrote it for Chicago, really. Okay. Um, I actually wrote it, it was a commission for Steppenwolf, and I was watching a documentary on um, CNN called Chicago Land. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote that about, it was really about Chicago's public school system, but then Chicago became New York, where I grew up teaching. So really, uh, Pipeline's language is, I think, mostly inspired by my New York teaching. Mm. Um, but, you know, then, because uh, those characters, I mean, they have a, I even write it in the city, it's a very New York-inspired um, language, really. And so even if you do, but, you know, it changes when you go to different cities. So I sort right. of try to make it elastic and make right. it like, hey, Wherever city you put this in, just know it should have the quick pace of New York in it. But you can make it anywhere. I didn't, you know, but then Chicago, I said, Chicago became New York, became Detroit, became everywhere. It became like a fusion of all the places I've, I've been an educator, mm-hmm. you know. But I think in, in so Detroit finds its way into, I guess my point of that was Detroit finds its way in the story. It's not even about Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in your bones. <laughs> Huh. It's in your bones. Yeah, and I think that's it. You know, it just it is in my bones, but it's also it, it is it's not just where I grew up. I think it's something about you know because this is it. I'm not really that unique uh, when it comes to like the representation of the city for people that don't live there anymore. So many of us carry the city on our shoulders, mm-hmm. and I think it's I believe is when I really examine it. It's not just because of for me personally, it's where all of my family is, it's where my husband's family is. My Haitian family, I'm Haitian, and all of my Haitian, a good chunk of my Haitian family is also rooted in Detroit. Mm. So it's 
it, it just becomes like all of the places of my ancestry. But it also, um, what, what's really, I think, unique about Detroit and why I think we, we feel this, um, this sort of, it's been weaponized, you know, mm-hmm. and we feel it. And so we, we sort of reverse it and use it as our weapon against the world because the world has become a weapon against our city for so long, especially growing up in the state of Michigan. Detroit was, the, was like a 90-something percent black city in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of Michigan cities were majority white. And what, what happened was our mayor, Coleman Young, People have a lot of, he's a controversial mayor in the public narrative, but for Detroit, it's just like how D.C. looks at Marion Barry. That's mm-hmm. like, that. he was our, um, you know, he was the father of our city. Mm-hmm. And he raised us with a very black political consciousness. Like, he raised the whole city that way. Wow. You know? Uh, so we, you know, when we, when I grew up, I was just telling this to another journalist, but, you know, I grew up seeing, you know, everybody looked like me that was in politics. You know, that's like amazing. The police force, the police chief, the lawyers, the judges, you know, that's neat. The judges, you know, yeah. the judges look like you, the um, uh, everybody, people making policy look like you, the fire department, everybody looks like you, the people running the, the so the political um, movement of economic empowerment also was a black movement for me in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, and to the point that I did not realize the white people in the city were the poor people, you know, because mm. if you were still living in Detroit in the 80s, it's because you couldn't be nowhere else, wow. you know? Uh-huh. And so, you know, that's Eminem's journey, you know what I mean? So that, those are the poor folks in the city. And so my white friends were impoverished, you know, mm. or they were being raised, raised by black families, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they were adopted by black families. One of my friends, he was adopted, you know? Um, and so it was, it's a difference. It's like almost like the opposite of what the rest of the world really was like, you know? So when I yeah. finally left Mich- left Detroit and went to school at the University of Michigan and experienced my first bout with institutional racism, I was like, huh? Wow. You know? Like, yeah. What is this? Like, I'm not, I don't feel minor at all. My whole city was about us being very major. Wow. Um, but what, what that meant, too, was that we were coming up against what we, what I experienced mostly in terms of economic disempowerment, that was about bourgeois black versus, you know, um, impoverished, the black poverty class, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was an internal black conversation, you know, as opposed to anything, having anything to do with whiteness, you know, or just supposing ourselves to whiteness. We just didn't do that. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I want to... Um... Yeah, it's really deep. I mean, I'm going to say one last thing about it, which is even our, one of the best black history, like, we had a black history tournament at my school, right? It was our social studies teacher ran this, like, epic black history called Base Battle, and it was epic. And this was uh, led by um, uh, our Korean teacher. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, led this, like, base battle. Like, he gave us the, you know, like, an Asian-American teacher gave us the best black history education we could ever get. That's the city of Detroit, you know? Yeah. Um, Come on through. Yeah, and I wanted to um, switch gears slightly. Well, it's it's not so much... uh, 
switching gears, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, you, Dominique, in terms of your just your overall presence, particularly uh, via social media and how you are so sharing and you're so giving of yourself. Um, and for me, it helped inspire me. It helped ignite me as a writer of um, who I am, not just when I'm sitting in front of a, a computer typing, but just who I am overall as I exist on this earth. So I thank you for that. And and in particular, I'm, I'm thinking about, I remember uh, Drew was talking about uh, uh, Ain't Too Proud and how I was coming to Broadway. I remember uh, some years ago, uh, just thinking of how much you share on um social media and like offer yourself. I remember there was like a status that you did when you were talking about like you were, and it was really cryptic. Um, you were talking about you were um, like about to have a like FaceTime or like some Skype, but you weren't feeling well when it's for this musical that you're really excited about. And I was like, oh, what's what's about to go on? Like what's about to happen? Um, and it, it, it just, uh, one, it uh, excited me so much. Um, and then two, um, it just, uh, it, it helped me gauge like the level of how much I can offer myself um, as just a human being and as um, an artist as well. Um, and so I'm just really curious of what the process has been like for you in terms of like uh, Ain't Too Proud and uh, uh, being attached to the project and just like working on it and how it's just been like going through like the change and, and how it's got to uh, Broadway right now. I'm just really curious of what that process has been like for you. Uh, yeah, I mean this is um it's been a it's been a mother of a process <laughs> and a fast process. It's been a fast process. Mm. Um, you know, I mean this is pretty fast for a musical and, yeah. and you know, I sort of feel like I'm coming in you know, I did grow up on musicals and I did perform in them when I was in high school and I did you know, I, I do love musicals. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not known for that. And so it might seem like I'm coming in and for all my musical theater writers out there that especially uh musical theater writers of color mm -hmm. to get their work, you know, produced and put on Broadway is it's um it's a it's a deal, right? It's an ordeal. And what I learned differently about musicals and like plays is that you kinda make a musical for Broadway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean you kinda it sort of needs a Broadway trajectory in many cases to really get the full, um, to really get the full investment and really be able to produce the, the musical at the value that it deserves, you mm -hmm. know, which is different than, a, than straight theater. We don't really, I think my play can be done in the basement of, a, you know, of somebody's theater and be good and, mm -hmm. have, and be miraculous and we're, we're done, you know, but in a lot of times the, the musical theater engines just moves in a very different way, which is I've learned that so many of my musical theater and so many of my cast members that I love, you know, Broadway is like, is a common ground for them. It's not, you know, like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, we're finally getting the Broadway. It's like, yeah, this is my 12th show on Broadway. Right. This is my like seventh show, you know. Yeah, we had that from Sykes like, on the show last week. Other theater week. artists, they take their whole lives to get to Broadway, mm, you know. Yeah. You know, so anyway, but I, I say that so it's been a this has been a quick process in that respect, um, because the intention was for it to go to Broadway. So, you know, my producers reached out to me. Uh, they had Dev Mackinac on board, and they were looking for a writer. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Michael Friedman, who passed, but he was a composer, mm -hmm. he was a theater composer, yeah. and he told them, he told them, if you're right, if you're doing a musical about the Temptations, you need Dominique. Wow. You know? And so I feel like that was his personal gift to me before he passed. Wow. I so, you know, um, 
I feel so grateful for that, you know. Uh, but they, you know, they read my work and they thought, you know, they had me meet with Dez and, and Dez and I talked and figured we could work together on it. And um, and so then it, would be, it became a process first with me and Dez of, uh, you know, both of us having read Otis's book, having pulled together the things we liked about the book. I was really adamant about, you know, pulling things that weren't in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the Jason has the biggest movie, you know, VH1, that was their biggest, you know, bio movie on on a musician for mm-hmm. a long time. Um, and so I wanted to find new things. But what really moved me about their story was uh, this idea of these young black men who were young and just figuring out their art and who they wanted to be as artists. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they were, you know, um, becoming famous and trying to figure out their friendship and their brotherhood through it all. And the world was coming undone, mm-hmm. you know? And Motown music was like gluing the world back together a little bit, right? And they were being used to, you know, unify the world while they were feeling at all kind of odds with each other and with the nation. And I thought that's like figuring out who you're going to be as an artist in a time of civic unrest. That's mm-hmm. some today's if I ever heard it, yeah. you know, man. And I wanted to, I was like, let's do this. Let's, let's make this a now story. Let's make it today. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause it, I, I'm grappling with a lot of this myself. So it felt really personal to me. And I thought, yeah, this is the stuff I want to talk about. I can yeah. dig uh, it. On the Broadway stage. I can dig it. My God, and, and we and you know I've, I've talked with uh, several other people that are in the cast. We had Ephraim Sykes on the show last week, um, and just the common. Uh, uh, I love him. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, but just the common uh, thread and 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 talking with everyone is that you don't marry yourself to ideas that they may be really great. They like the the dialogue and things that you create may be just phenomenal, but if it doesn't feed or push the story, you let go. How do you let go so easily of things that that may not that may be great, but may not just be in tune with what, what you want to deliver. I just think of who I'm in service to. Mm. You know, as an artist, I think we have to remember we are in service. And I think we can forget that real fast, especially when them shiny lights come flashing in your face, you know, mm-hmm. and you think you did this by yourself or something, you know, and it's like, wait, no, um, this is not about you. This is about, you, you got in this to serve a story. So for me, I'm always going to think about what's serving the story and the people that the story can impact. What's going to serve them most? This is cute and everything. I was real poetic in that moment, but that don't, that's not serving them. Mm. Um, it's serving me and my ego, but it's not really serving the story. So it's pretty easy for me if I believe that it's not serving. If, if you can convince me, and it doesn't take much, actually. You know, if you can convince me that it's not serving the story, I'm going to be like, well, get back. You know, um, and I think artists, sometimes actors, they can get real attached to that thing. You know, I'm like, I'm about to cut that whole monologue. I'm like, oh, no. You know? <laughs> um, but but in, a, in a musical, there is no monologue. So we'd be like, who cut that song? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, God, no. That's my moment to shine, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's, it's just not about that. It's about what's going to help us tell this story. And what I think what the Ain't Too Proud cast, I mean, I think he loves stuff. I, I just genuinely love every one of them. Mm. They're a gifted, talented cast, but they, they bring belief to the table every day. They bring full belief as artists to the table. So they believe in this project and they make me want to make sure that they got a tight show. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I want to do my part, but I don't want to fail them. 
Come you know, on I want, through. I, I really don't want to tell them. Yeah, come on through. I'm um, so excited uh, about that. And uh, is for me, the word that keeps popping out is just um, uh, one community. And then also just like the, the inspiration that I feel hearing you talk about just serving the story and like serving the work and like what what is and how can you best do that? Um, and before this call, uh, Loy and I were just talking about um, just like navigating being emerging writers um, in New York and like having to deal with um, theaters and like the more you get in certain spaces, mm-hmm. uh, we don't see ourselves um, in, in certain rooms and uh, having people who may not be necessarily um, affiliated with a specific culture, giving notes on the culture. Um, and so like navigating mm-hmm. that territory and I'm just really uh interested in what your journey has been like as relates to that and I remember um, sometime last year like you and I sat down and I I picked your brain about some things and you were just so again generous and 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 uh, just so forthcoming and sharing and I'm just really interested uh, because I know we have um, a lot of young artists who uh, listen to our podcast and I'm sure they would love to know um, what has your journey been like because you seem to be someone who just sticks true to your full authentic authentic self no matter what, um, which is so inspiring and so beautiful. So I'm really curious of what has your journey been like of being in positions where you were maybe like the only black person in the room or you were the only woman in the room and you had to stand up um, and be a, a, a advocate for these identities and why these things are important. So what has that journey been like? Uh It's been a journey. It's been a journey. And and I want to say this, you know, I'm somebody, you know, I was just reading an essay by Dream Hampton. Dream Hampton Mm -hmm. is a a journalist, uh, activist, and she's a Detroiter. And she is who put together the the Providing R. Kelly documentary. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was reading her story and I was seeing so much likeness in myself for her story because one of the things she talked about, she's, she's speaking about, um, in this particular essay, it was about how she survived the rape, uh, attempted rape, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid. But what she was speaking about was her, her tenacity and her willingness to fight. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think people think, and what I felt so inspired by from reading her story was she said something like, uh, it's not the absence of fear that makes her a fighter. It's the presence of, mm. right? Like, so it's not, she's not somebody who's fearless, who just does stuff because she's fearless and she's willing to fight. It's actually, she, fear is very present. Mm-hmm. And the only thing she knows how to do to conquer the fear is fight. Ooh. And so that's me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I've always been that I'm, I, I cannot say I'm not afraid of shit. I'm afraid of shit a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm in this moment, I'm afraid of putting up a show on Broadway. You know, I feel like the more visible I get, the more under attack I get. Mm-hmm. And not just by the press, although, yes, by the press. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I've proven in my life I can survive some press attacks, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I want more. Right, you know? right. And <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's, it's stressful. Yes. And, but I also feel like I'm under attack. Um, socio-politically within, um, you know, within the industry and even within people that are my peers mm. or, or 
more people that are practicing in this with me. Um, I just think it's, we, I think there's a lot of people on my side. I feel it. I feel it every day. There's a lot of people on my side who want me to win. Um, but I also feel there's a lot of people on my, who are not on my side mm. who don't want my perspective to win in the Ooh. world. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I feel like I have to, but all I know to do is stay in the ring. Yeah. You know? All I know how to do is laugh. And I've been on, you know, so for me, for my journey of withstanding things, you know, of theater, against theater, even for my very first production at the public, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of theater, especially for young and new writers, or what they're considering young and new, um, they they really want to put a heavy hand in helping you to, like, develop it. Mm-hmm. And I just, even even then, I was able to say no when I thought it was wrong mm. for my work, mm-hmm. you know. But I didn't always know if it was. I, I had to really kind of keep mining my voice and stepping outside the room and having like deep conversations, surrounding myself with my own dramaturgical village so I can match it right. against what I'm hearing because I, I just want to make sure I'm not losing my own voice. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and and so I. But I was able to say I don't think that that's the right thing. You know, or if the if the note became, you know, I don't think the riot, this, I don't think the act should end on the riot. I go, I wrote this whole play for this scene. Mm. And mm-hmm. they go, okay, well, we're not going to tell you to cut the play you wrote for this. I said, yeah, I, 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 that's not going to, that's not an option for me. What else? What's missing? But what I try to do is listen to the, because what they are teaching me is what is not translating. You know, mm-hmm. and I, my education is in the trans is in like, okay, mm-hmm. I have to learn how to be a better translator of my experience, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, oh, wow. because I want to communicate. I want to communicate right. to the yes. world. I'm not just here to be, you know, I'm not here to be a masturbatory artist. I don't want to sit up in front of you and get off. Mm-hmm. I actually want you to be a part of the experience. So I right. do want to try to say something to you. So my my I think my value and my um and my impact has really been strongest in becoming an effective communicator and negotiator of my um truth. Yeah, you know, I love that. And I think that that's what I would I would ask all of us young artists to uh, try to hear yourself, hear what you're saying, because you can learn from even people that you think don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, they teach you. There'll be audience members that don't get it. And do you want to communicate to them? Or are you just like, forget them? Right. You know, yeah. I actually want to communicate to them. I don't have to, I don't want to, I don't want to um, diminish myself to them. I'm not right. going to, mm. you know, kowtow to them, but I am going, I do want to know what they need to hear in order to understand the thing I'm trying to say. Mm. And I might do, you know, and so that will help inform my work. So I, I learn how to take the notes. That that are valuable to me and stand up for the things I truly believe in, um, and I'm able to say I'm able to walk away. Yeah. Because your only power as a as a as someone who wants to stand on your voice is if you're willing to say no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta be willing to say no, thank you. And I mean, I said no, thank you to some big things. Okay, I said no, thank mm-hmm. you to Broadway mm-hmm. two times that it's been dangled at me. Because it just hasn't come the way I believed it was actually going to go be follow through time. But it was also like get rid of this person or lose that director. Or And I said, no. Mm, mm-hmm. No, thank Wow. Yeah. Now, you've also said something along the lines of, of uh, people come and have experiences of our work based on their relationships with their own selves. That, mm. That's like 
literally being blamed for some folks baggage which you had nothing to do with how do you discern what is baggage and what is valuable mm. uh great question i think i'm still discerning mm. okay i don't know i don't think i have any great answer to that but i will tell you that what i am learning to, to be able to hear um <clears throat> is what is in service this is why I always go back to this as an artist. I go back to the why, mm -hmm. but not just the why am I the artist? Like, why do I do this art? So that's one thing. But two, why did I want to tell this story? What was it I was trying to do when I first sat down and tell this story? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm in service to. Did what this person say to me serve that? If it did, then I got I to gotta do something about it. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't, then we're done. Mm -hmm. But what I'm not going to do is let somebody tear my spirit down because of their baggage. Mm. Because you may not like my character because of blah, blah, blah. And I don't have nothing to do with that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I literally got a letter one time from <laughs> somebody's found. I mean, they had to do some research. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. And they found me. And they were uh, at Baltimore State. It was, uh, it was an audience member at Baltimore State. And he, he was a white man. And he wrote me. He saw he Detroit to accept that, which I think was a beautiful production because it was in Detroit as well. And it was mm -hmm. gorgeous. One of my favorite productions. Mm. And helmed by Camila Ford. So please, you know. Yeah. Come on. And, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. and the, 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 the patron of Baltimore Center Stage emailed me to say that he was he walked out of my play, um, that he thought it was just disgrace. He thought he was going to see something about Detroit that, you know, was going to be, you know, about, I don't know, what he thought of the Detroit story he, he was coming to see. Mm. But what he saw instead was them talking like slaves. That's Lord the black have mercy. Guy that, that of Detroit. You know, I mean, he went, it was such a racist, awful email to me. Doing the and most. I responded back to him and I just said, hey, it sounds like you, what you were really offended by was the blackness of the play. And um, on behalf of the city of Detroit, you know, we, we are not changing. <laughs> so go fuck yourself. You know? Let them know. Very um, okay. yeah, yeah. that. I really did. I did. I said, on, and I really signed it on behalf of Detroit. I know that's you know? right. <laughs> Come all the way through. Okay. So yes. I, but what I did, because that was not, that was how I was that serving my work. That's not how my work, right? But that's his bag. If he didn't like the glasses, he was staying on stage. Mm. I, I remember reaching out to Kwame, who was the, you know, head, head of Baltimore State at the time. I said, I forwarded him the message, and I said, I think I lost you a, a page. <laughs> <laughs> like, oops. <laughs> it <laughs> is what she said. Oops. You know? Right. And, and, you know, Kwame's like, F him. You know what I mean? It is what it is. That's not the patient we want. And I just think, you know, at a certain point, I wish more theaters would become brave yeah. about releasing some of that racist money that they have patroning their work. I know, you know, right. stop yeah. apologizing to them. It's like in the nation, like stop apologizing for the racist and for the homophobic. Stop apologizing, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, and just like say no, you yeah. know, stop apologizing for the racist. Like just say no. Yeah. Don't be afraid of losing their money. It's yeah. other money. Mm -hmm. It's plenty other money. Okay. My goodness. Go find that money. And stop being so lazy. Go find that damn money. It's out there. Yeah. It's you growing know? on trees. It just takes some cultivating of other communities. And, and what bothers me about this, when you, because uh, I hear what you guys are saying, Danya and Lloyd, specifically about getting your work in front of um, audiences that don't look like you, like you, in front of theaters that don't have administrations that look like you, mm -hmm. right? But true theaters that have listened to me that I love working at, and that's 
to struggle in, in New York, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able to speak to them and say yay or nay or no or, you know, what right now this feels like a little bit of a white gaze on the work and I don't think that that's fair. But I can just say that, right. you know. Um, right. And sometimes, you know, you have to be careful because people get very in their feelings and they get sensitive. Mm-hmm. But I think if I, oh, I've learned in Hollywood, because that's it's real sensitive out here in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, I think theater folks at least try to believe that they're progressive. <laughs> in Hollywood, they like, they, you know, they gave some money to some cause and they think that they are like real revolutionaries and they're not doing nothing. They're not even having a comfortable conversation. Lord at least theater's going to be willing to have the conversation. You know, so I've had to learn from that um, how to na- na- navigate, navigate white fragility Um Without compromising, you know, mm. my my dignity. Yeah, <laughs> my that's real. In the process, that's so real. <clears throat> and I think it's a navigation. It's a tough navigation. But I, I'll say that for the next generation that's coming up, this is the best time to speak your mind. Hey, it, I didn't. I didn't have this. I didn't have a podcast. I had a black Broadway. I didn't have that. You know, mm. um, when I was coming up, I didn't have. I was a lone voice. I felt very alone. Mm-hmm. and isolated in my voice. And I just don't think that that's the case right now. I think it's so clear that we're willing to have each other's back. Also, there is black Twitter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like We just have a lot of people weighing in now that we didn't have before. Even and so I think this is the best time. Even five, six years ago, we didn't have mm-hmm. this yeah. much of, of active active voices and, and people that are oh. advocating for each other. Um, and Dominique, this three years ago, actually, it's almost been, well, it's been the anniversary. Three years ago, we started this podcast and you were the very first the guest. The very first yeah. one. The very first guest wow. on this show. Um, and I didn't realize that. I cannot tell you how many people have come up to us and, mm-hmm. and even even Danye and Loy have said yeah. that your words on that particular show, mm-hmm. that very first yeah. show, has changed people's trajectories for their careers and inspired them to do so much. Lori, I know that you said... Yeah, I know, uh, Dominique, I said for me, like, that first episode you talked about, because, you know, I was crying over little rejections, but when you talked about you having that moment and you still get rejected, I'm like, well, if Dominique is getting rejected, what are you crying about? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) And you said, uh, and the best advice that you gave was, you said, get your numbers and your odds up. You talked about how one year you applied to only two opportunities and Mm -hmm. you got two no's, and then you said the next year you applied to, I think it was like 32 or something like that. You got 28 no's. Mm. But the thing yeah. is, you you kept, you know, kept applying and you kept getting your numbers and odds up. And that took me and has carried me to the point that I am. And so I want to thank you yes. for that. Yes, indeed. That's awesome. Yes, oh, indeed. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank sure you so much. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and then also I just uh, want to say I agree a hundred percent with uh, what uh, uh, Lloyd just said, um, and then also it, it, a very like surreal moment for me because I remember uh, we had uh, that very first podcast was at Atlantic because um, yeah. this was the first mm-hmm. run of Skeleton Crew, and That's I think right. I might have even uh, like shared this on um, Facebook just like thinking about how wonderful God is and how God moves. Is I was just thinking about when we. Did did that interview, I was like, oh, it would be so amazing if one day I would have a play produced here. And then we fast forward to almost three years later, Fireflies being on their main stage. Um, It's just 
a testament to uh, for me just how God moves, and then also just um, just just thinking about what is for you is for you, and like that's what I get so much from uh, what you say and how you speak and how you carry yourself because you know that what is for you is for you, and it was just such a beautiful reminder um, of that for me. So thank you so much. Yeah, like, and and also for me too, Dominique. You know, you've been such an inspiration and such a, a person that has uplifted me through my journey with Broadway Black and trying to create a lane that is non-existent and sort of blazing a trail um, in, in the press department and really figuring out what that means. But um, even in, like, I just can remember times where we would just duck off into a hallway where I would do an interview with you. And you're just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, mm. let's let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm here to help. I'm mm-hmm. here to encourage. Mm-hmm. I'm here to support. And how do you remain um, so, so, your light is so strong. Yeah. And I know that you come up against things that are, that are infuriating consistently um, that can just sort of um, strike you in a, in a change your energy. Mm-hmm. How do you keep your energy so consistent? Yeah, so be so generous. Yeah. Oh, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, God. Thank you for that. Mm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. I don't even know how to answer. All I can, all I can really say is, um, I'm, I just, I do see the bigger. I, I, I see something. I see something bigger than me, mm-hmm. right? Um, one of the things that ain't too proud that is a refrain in our story, you know, uh, against all of the unrest. And the the internal unrest that they're experiencing as young black men, the the social unrest they're experiencing in the nation, and and the group unrest they're experiencing, and the relationship unrest is that um, is that when they lost what is the thing that is bigger than them is when they lose, mm. you know. And um, and Otis's story is about Otis Williams, who is our last living member of the original Classic Temptations, you know. We we kind of see him in real life, like we are here to give Otis his flowers. This is a big deal for Otis, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I just keep taking that, like, what are we doing? Like, what's the bigger thing? Otis's life cost him so much. I connect to his story because in the, our story, we look at the cost. Mm-hmm. This shit costs. If it don't cost you something, you ain't good enough. Mm. You know, like, that's how I look at it. If you're not bleeding out somewhere over this art, you're just not going hard enough. Um, you're not putting everything you got in it. Mm. And for me, I, it, it cost me so much. But I do see the thing that we're all in service to that's bigger. Mm-hmm. And I want to help us stay on the bigger mission. Um, and it can get real small. Do you know what I mean? Like, we can yeah. lose the vision. It yeah. gets real small. It gets real crab in a barrel. It gets Ooh. real, you know, it gets real, like, let me be the, the, the I want to be the hottest thinker mm-hmm. and person mm-hmm. out here. Baby. Mm-hmm. And I've never mm-hmm. won that way. I've never won that way. I just, I've, I've been a post slam poet. I've been, you know, all of these things. And anytime that the art got real, perverted to me is when we started going after it for uh for the for the for the glory Mm -hmm. and not for the um and not for the purpose Mm. you know and i just i want to stay on the track of purpose and i'm not saying i don't get off that track 
I get knocked off. I get jealous. I get afraid of my own success. I get afraid of failure, really afraid of failure. Um, but ultimately, I want to, I know, I know what my true purpose is. I know what I'm here for. I've never failed at the thing that I'm really here to do. I've never failed. Even when others have tried to make me fail, I've never failed, you know, and that's the thing that I don't want to see any of us fail. I want to see us have room to stretch and grow and get better um, and be good enough where we are, too. You know, like that that version of what I had to say in that moment, that was good enough right there. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm better than that now, but for what? The, but it was good enough right there. I'm not gonna fix it. That's what I had to say, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just, I want us to have space to keep being present, and we can't do that in isolation. We we have to get on like a collective mission. Um, and so, you know, that's the thing that guides me. That's all I can really say to answer that. Mm -hmm. My God, um, yeah. and that and that is enough. <laughs> that, that is more than enough. All right, all right. I I have been uh, like I have to keep those words with me because mm -hmm. it is a trying time, uh, especially in this industry yeah. with there being so many different voices and so many different opinions, and uh, people have so much access to you. They can say whatever they want mm -hmm. to you, um, even the good and the bad. And so, uh, taking yeah. trying to take those things with a grain of salt um, and keep keep the mission at hand is 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 difficult and you just do it so gracefully um and so just amazingly and i and, and we are just in awe of of your work and your talent and um how you've been consistent and so we thank you for that because you are, are an a a true hero yeah. um in this theater industry you are a true light mm -hmm. um and a uh, just a role model. You yeah. are a role model, Dominique, and and we we never want you to forget that. We want to give you your flowers while you're still here mm -hmm. to receive them, because you are an amazing light, um, and you have just brought so much joy. Um, and you don't even realize that you you are the the birth of so many other different projects and so many different things that have come along the way that are that are being produced now. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just thank you so 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 much. We cannot thank you enough. And so. Um, we appreciate you. Also, just, I mean, Lloyd, did you have anything you want to add before we, because we don't want to hold you too much longer. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no. but I just want to tell you, um, Dominique, just thank you so Sorry. Mm. I just want to oh. thank you so much, Dominique. You don't understand how many days I have. I literally have notes in my phone with words that say Dom said. Mm. And it's because I have heard you say things like you said, always remember the why. You cannot be in this for selfish reasons, mm. for reasons for like what people say or want, what, or, you know, or awards or things like that. When you get caught up in that, then you lose why you're doing it. If you're just in the room and, mm. and that fills you, that should be enough. That should be your why. And I remember when you also said, um, all you have to do in this industry is just last. That's mm. all you have to yeah. do. It doesn't matter what people say about you or anything like that. And I just want to thank you for every mm. time that you open your mouth um, in your interviews or every time you post on Facebook that you just leave us with gems that help younger artists coming up to navigate this um, industry. And like you said, I know you sacrificed a lot, but it's not in vain because I know that there are other young artists like me that are ways mm. made easier because you were put here. And so I thank you. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, you, sister. I'm so proud of everybody. I'm so proud of you guys in particular for using your voice and your platform mm. to amplify. And that's that's what we can give each other. And so I just 
you know, I thank you because this is a two-way street. It's the two-way street. Inspiration goes two ways, you know? Mm. And I think we can we can keep it going. We won't let the fire burn out because we can keep feeding each other with support and um and ideas. We can keep pushing the envelope with each other. It doesn't have to be a singular experience. Like it can be collective. And I thank you because you model you model collectivity. With this podcast, you model collectivity, you model amplification of your peers. And so I thank you for that. You you help me as much as I help you. So mm-hmm. thank you. Oh my Amen. goodness! Well, we thank you so. Thank much, you Dominique. so much, we, Dominique. We are a ball of tears right Lord now. Lord have mercy. Um, but it's tears of joy. Mm-hmm. It is really tears of joy because it's it's just an honor to have you. So we thank you so much. Make sure you guys tune in and watch PBS uh, Pipeline on PBS this week, February eighth. Um, it's going to be a joy to watch that and, and get into the work. Also, get ready for Ain't Too Proud that's coming to Broadway very very soon. Come on through! Like it's right around the corner. Gonna make it do what it, it is, do. And, Dominique, we keep hearing about yeah. this book and how you didn't put, like, we don't even need the music. The book, the book alone is going to set us off, set us into a, yes. a frenzy. And so we cannot wait to share that moment with you and be in the room, especially that opening night. Um, I'm, oh, yeah. it's going to be mm-hmm. at fire. Oh, my God. Fire and like, desire. Come on now. I'm already getting tingles <laughs> just thinking about it. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, thank I got you. 36 members coming from Detroit. So I know that's hey! right. Hey! Yes. Get it. Yes. Get it. Yes. Look, that's not situation. Oh, my. Look, and we're going to be talking back to the stage. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's no, what oh, that's another thing. Are you going to put in the insert in Broadway to where, like, the response that you know, that note that you usually write to the audience about being able to respond and, and be I uh, do. I do know that note. Listen, here's what I want to say. I have myself and my producer, I mean, myself and my director have pushed for our producers to use that note. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be just from me. This is a collective show, so it'd be from our company. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's from me. And, um, <laughs> and I didn't know that. And so we're, it's a, it's a negotiation right now because mm-hmm. I don't have control. But I think, um, I think I'll, I think, I think we'll get it in there. I know that's right. But what you can do is keep amplifying how much it matters. Yes. So that I can show my producers. Yes. Oh, you know we will. Yes. Yes, yes, we do because that ma- that makes such a difference. We got you. Oh my goodness, we Dominique! Got you. Like every time I see that when I go to one of your productions, it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. It it, it allows it you to be free, allows you to breathe before going into the piece, mm-hmm. knowing that it's for us. And like the first time I saw that, I got just so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we need that. We and that'll be the first time it'll ever be in a Broadway production show where you exactly. have the chance to be yeah. to breathe. So we oh that would be just yes. oh, my heart just gets full just thinking about it. We need that. So yes, I, we will definitely amplify it and talk about it and say how how important it is, especially for even not just mm. your shows but other shows that are that uh, advocate right. for Black people and, and need Black audiences because it's just important for us to feel welcomed. Amen. That's all we ever wanted That's to right. do is feel welcomed. All you ever want. You know what you could do is if you do any, if you have anything to say about it, you want to make a call for it. Just tag me in so I can have some documentation. I know that's right. We got you. We got you. We definitely got you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so Dominique. much, Dominique. We appreciate you, and we'll talk soon. Yes, and we'll indeed. see you on Broadway. You yes, now. Thank you, guys. Right. I can't wait. All, All right, right, y'all. See have a good you. Night. Bye. Bye. Jesus. Lord have you mercy. What, what? Why are you apologizing? Lord have that was beautiful. Lord, why are you apologizing? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Get it out. This is <laughs> no, this is good. the place. No, this is the place mm-hmm. to do it. There's nothing to apologize for. You were authentic in what you felt mm-hmm. and and what you experienced. Um, and it touched me so much mm-hmm. too, just because we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, I don't even I don't even think you remember that day where. I was in the wrong. I was late by mm-hmm. like an hour. Mm-hmm. I was running all around. This is when we were recording the podcast myself yeah. with my own equipment, money that I did not have. That I spent yeah. four or five hundred yeah. dollars on equipment that I, I did not have mm-hmm. money. I did not have. Like when I think about that, and when I think about what we were able to document and what we were able to get, and how much it's inspired people, mm-hmm. that is more than I could ever ask for. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, like that just that just takes me out because it's like that was a real struggle period. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to to do what I thought was right yeah. and try to create something that I thought was right and try to get the right people in the room. And I just called Dominique up and said, hey, will you do this for us? Well, you know, this is our first episode for this podcast. I don't know. I've never done a podcast mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Didn't know how to edit it. Didn't know what to do. You know, nothing about audio, but I was going to make this happen. And I was trying to get the, the levels right and trying mm-hmm. to do things and trying to record and didn't know nothing about the mixer that I had. And, and I'm, she's sitting in front of us. She's waiting. We already behind. We already late. So I was just a, a ball of nerves. Like, Oh my gosh, I've ruined this relationship. I've ruined this. I've done, I was just all, I was defeated. But look at three look years at, later, yeah. mm-hmm. nobody even remembers that. Nobody even thinks about all the things that it took to get to that point. And that's totally fine because what is there yeah. has 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 rang true. Like it, it has stood the test of time and has inspired people. And that is phenomenal to watch and hear you say that. Yeah. And Donnie, to hear you say mm-hmm. your full circle moment with the piece. And mm-hmm. um, and and like I, I my mind is blown yeah. um, in that. And, and that for me, that's uh, that's what it's all about. Right. Like being able to uh, create a space, being able to hold space, being able. And for me, like the word that I keep saying, because it's at the foundation of everything for me is community. And you are able to galvanize a community. Yeah. Right. Like the sacrifices that you made um, and that you put into mm-hmm. that first episode. And look at where we are now three years later, right? In and a real studio. Ex- Come on now. Come on now. In a real studio. We're going. There, Chris. All of that good old shiznit, right? But like with that, being able to put something into the world to galvanize a community and now being able to have you here, Loy, yeah. right? To to oh be here God. in this full circle moment and yeah. to be able to experience um, what this moment means to you. Yeah. And I know what you experienced was very much yours and just still think about community. I know that there are so many listeners, the moment that you just had, they had as well and they were able to live it through you. So I thank you so much for being your full self in that moment. And you were able to say what so many other people wanted to say to her. Mm -hmm. And then like just Drew, like I I don't think you understand like how big the platform is that you have. Like I know you say y'all be up here talking shit and stuff like that, but it's more, (laughs) it's more than that. Um, And and like you say, I know sometimes like you say, people try to treat you like you the help and stuff like that, but you are doing something that is very vital Mm -hmm. for our entire culture. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, nobody else is doing this. And when they come to learn about like what the artists of our age what we contribute to society they have to come to you yeah because although people might have their own personal documentation as a culture you are the one preserving that so never doubt the impact of what you are doing regardless of who comes at you and how they treat you and anything like that what you are doing is essential 
for our survival, our artistic survival. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Really, really appreciate it because... Um, I know I've talked about it so many different yeah, times yeah, over know, and over again. I know. Um, but conversations like that with Dominique and, and um, trying to remember the light mm -hmm. yeah. and remembering the bigger picture because yeah. you guys are part of the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Being able to inspire it and 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 having a voice for people, other people to hear and um, and you know even just like this past week, I went to a couple of auditions just for myself yeah. to fill myself mm -hmm. up because I'm an artist first, mm -hmm. and so to be able to fill myself up and just get into the room and just be able to sing and mm -hmm. be able to to you know be in rehearsal of a show that I'm in love with, mm -hmm. and then to have people come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, we listen to the podcast every mm -hmm. week. We came down here from D.C. Shout out to to Amber and Ashley. I met y'all, <laughs> uh, but we we came we came down from D.C. to audition for mm -hmm. this show and we listen to the podcast every week. And you just wow. thank you so much, like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It consistently happens, and then I, you know, I, my awkward ass don't be knowing how to receive mm -hmm. compliments, so I just be like, well, "What y'all doing? Like, <laughs> where y'all going? Like, let's hang out." Or, Come you know, through. Like, but it is it is such a joy to see that community still be surviving, even mm -hmm. when I went through some of my darkest times. Yeah. Um, and to see the fruits of what the seeds yeah, that I yeah. planted and the fruits still be, amen, be replenished. They're still growing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is unbelievable. That's my bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I couldn't ask for anything more, y'all. I really, really could not. Um, it's it's unbelievable, and I'm I'm just reminded and thankful. Yeah, and, and it sounded like a broken record because it it is so true. Um, God can dream a bigger dream than we can ever dream for ourselves, yeah. and like just being reminded of that every single day. And this is one of those moments of being reminded. Yeah, and knowing that this is not the end. This is sort of yeah. just the beginning. Mm -hmm. That the God has so much in store for you, Loy. Yeah. Like this mm -hmm. is just your first production. Yeah. In New York, yeah. and, and first New of York. many, first of many. That's what I'm saying. Like your first one in New York, mm -hmm. but there's so. And think about all the joy that you've experienced in doing it, yeah. mm -hmm. and how much more is to come with the next one and the one after that. Like, you're prolific. You are, oh, you. Uh, you know, Speak leading it. the way. You are. You're the new generation. You're the the one of the new Dominiques. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that you're no, Dominique, but you're, you're your saying. own. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you're paving the way for somebody else that's coming behind us. Come you, on through, Erica. Uh, Erica. Uh, yeah. Dispense I can't even say can't Erica and Dickerson Dispense Erica Dickerson Dispense <laughs> yes because yes, I cannot wait to see it. but see we went to oh so this past week speaking about things that I did too this past yeah. week the black theater previews yeah was amazing uh, yeah. like yeah I mean just so many black playwrights on one stage Jordan Cooper mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Lloyd A. Webb yeah. Eric and Dickerson Dispense mm -hmm. there was I mean so many you know Lee Colston mm -hmm. like so many different people that were just representing black mm. theater and black culture. Um, and to have you all just speaking about your works and how it's Amen. influenced you. And it was just a wonderful time. Come like, on through. They did that. Come on through. Um, and it was just beautiful to see all these artists together. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and yeah, like, yes, <sighs> like full. Full yeah. on full. It's we a out here. time for us to be. We out here. Yeah, we want more of that. Yeah. We want more of that, so we're gonna keep going. You're gonna keep, keep getting it again and again and again. <laughs> yes, okay. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, we're gonna move along. Woo! <laughs> oh my God, ain't that? It's much. It's well, much. Look, Drew. Just so you know, you got eight more minutes. <laughs> no, and no, I'm no, out. Don't, don't I'm do out. This. You got eight minutes. I said what I said. Hot topic. No. Listener letter. Let's see how much we can get done in eight damn minutes. Yeah, I thought Daniel was playing, but he really do be ready to go. <laughs> Lloyd learned the truth. Ready. Okay, I don't play that. Ready to go. 
Um, now, so, I know Chris over there filmed me. So this is a, a little bit of a... T- a t- <laughs> that means he filmed me. Chris, Chris laughing like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, nigga, yeah I'm ready to be out this bitch. <laughs> um, but this is sort of... A, I got this letter in our email. Um, so we're going into... Wait, is this a listener letter? This is a listener letter, but we're going into I said what I said. Okay. So this I'm like, is I said what I said. This is that time. <laughs> but okay. we also want to go into this listener letter because it ties in. It better tie in. Um, so I know it will. This says, uh, she's, this says, hi, off book. My name is London Carlisle. And we can I, say the name? Yes. Okay. And I live in Alabama where I'm pursuing a BFA in acting at Auburn University, mm. graduating this May. Come on through. As an avid listener of off book, I am continually inspired, educated, and entertained, and I was listening to your final episode of 2018 where you took the time to answer questions from listeners. One listener asked if there was any sort of online list of African-American plays. You answered that there that this that this unfortunately did not exist. Suddenly a wave of guilt hit me. Let's re- rewind to several months prior. I had gone on my own search for a website that contained a list of audition material for black characters. As you can expect, it was largely unfruitful, so I set out to make one. I spent hours researching in the university library. I was reading black plays around the clock. Exploring these works meant to be spoken in our own voices was eye-opening. The Black Monologue Archive was born. I was even I even used my prototype website as an assignment for a class project. But after that, I shelved the website. It set and set out a fear um, that it would never be complete enough. Ooh, I know that feeling too well, mm. that it would never be complete enough mm-hmm. for you to be able to share it with the world. She mm-hmm. said, I also feared that it would never find a true audience outside of my friends. That's when I listened to your episode and I discovered that this is something that black artists around the country want and need. I was sitting on something that could be useful to so many people. The guilt was too much, so I've been going all in. The website is in an index of sorts. It does not contain the full text of each monologue to preserve the rights of the playwrights, yet I give publication information, the page numbers, an excerpt, and a summary of each piece. I also include a link to purchase the play so that actors can enjoy the works in their entirety and support the playwrights. I'm still reading and adding new plays to the archive, yet I wanted to share a somewhat finished product with you. I would appreciate any feedback or recommendations that you could give. Thank you so much for inspiring me through your show. The impact you have on dreamers like me is immeasurable. Best, London. So this is a website Mm -hmm. called blackmonologue.com Wow. That you can find that London created. That London created. Come on, Black thank you, London. Thank you. Blackmonologue.com that has a list, and it's categorized into monologues for men uh, and monologues for women. It also has the resources, um, and you can contribute to the archive to support it. So go and check out this website. Go and look at the monologues and find your next... Aud- I mean, it's a, a, a whole list. I mean, there's Piano Lesson. There's Raising the Sun, Six Degrees of Separation. Joe Turner's Come and Gone. Uh, Funny House of a Negro. Uh, the Flick. Like, there's so many different pieces um, on this website. So- and, and can I just say really quickly, like, y'all would think a domain name like blackmonologue.com would be taken, yeah. that it would be so hard to get. Yeah. That just lets you know, not, right? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Is, so thank you so much, London. Thank you, London, mm-hmm. for doing this. So I've chosen a monologue from Black Monologue. I know that's right. Okay. <laughs> he did that. You did that. I've chosen Come a monologue from blackmonologue.com. And so let me... Uh... Okay, I'm not looking. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to, to get some... Character analysis, script analysis down. You ready? We ready, Lloyd? Yes. It's me and you. Let's do. You know how this works, though, don't you? She know. She know. Okay, here we go. Here we go. It begins with the disaster of my hair. I awaken. My hair has fallen out. 
not all of it, but a mass from the crown of my head that lies on the center of my white pillow. I arise, and in the grayish winter morning light of my room, I stand staring at my hair, dazed by sleep sleeplessness, still shaken by nightmares of my mother. Is it true? Yes. It is my hair. In the mirror, I see that although my hair remains on both sides, clearly on the crown and at my temples, my scalp is bare. And in my sleep, I have been visited by my bald, crazy mother who comes to me crying, calling me to, to her bedside. She lies on the bed watching the strands of her own hair fall out. Her hair fell out after she married, and she spent her days lying on the bed watching the strands fall from her scalp, covering the bedspread until she was bald and admitted to the hospital. Black man, black man, my mother says, I should never have let a black man put his hands on me. She comes to me, her bald skull shining, black diseases. Sarah, she says, black diseases. I run. She follows me, her bald skull shining. This is the beginning. Wow. Ooh. That was from blackmonologue.com. Oh, my gosh. So... Something just my like impulses. Is that it's a woman? Yes. Yeah. It's a woman. Um, in terms of like time period, I can't quite put my finger on it. I feel like it could be very much rooted in now. Um, rooted in now, a black woman is the writer. Um, oh, this one is Are a bit on of a right doozy. Is a black woman? It is a black woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um is are we on the right track in terms of it is like a contemporary or she's old, older it, it is older older okay the play was produced in uh or written in 1964 it was written in 1964 yes wow 1964 hair falling out on a white ass pillow Mm -hmm. the, the ghost of the mama come in. And if you if you think about the plays that I just like mentioned that were on blackmonologue.com, I said the name by accident. I was actually, okay. Oh. You said the name. Adrian it, Kennedy. It is. <laughs> Funny House of a Negro. Yep, yep. <laughs> Go through. Wait, I just, yeah, okay, yeah. How you, how you think? How you because think? That, that was my deduction from, the, I remember the list. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> yes, now. Yes. Because um, I wasn't going to get that one. So <laughs> you came through. Come on, memory. So what happened? Okay, so this may not, this actual monologue may not be on Black Monologue, yeah. this actual monologue. Yeah, but what yeah. I did was I saw all the list of plays that she went through, uh, through the play and found the monologue that I felt like would be, oh. would be you know, representative uh -huh. of today. And so I thought, felt like that was a, that was a good one. Um, but it's a, a monologue by man is what the, the name of the character mm -hmm. is. Um, and it's really just really quaint and really quick and just... Yeah. Beautiful. And it's really full yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really Super full. full. Um, so get into it and get, get into, into blackmonologue.com. Yes, indeedy. Like, I'm so proud of you, London. Yes. I am proud of you. We need this. Thank you. I yes. thank you. Listen, I might want to uh, put a special link on towards I know that's right. Broadway <laughs> Black, like, monologues. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, we might have to do that. So I'm going to email you and we'll get that together because I might have to, you know, so ahead link up and let's, let's mm -hmm. promote this. Let's yeah. get this going. Come on, like, community. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some people will try to add to the archive and try to yeah. give you more things to to put on there um, so that way you mm -hmm. can build it and you don't have to be alone and, and, and thank you for saying that too because 
we have to remember that our work is enough mm-hmm. where it is, how, how you developed it. You know, we always feel like, oh, I have to do more. I have to do more. I feel like that all the time, especially with trying to produce content every day for Broadway mm-hmm. Black. There's always some news coming on or something that's happening where people say like, well, why isn't this on Broadway Black? Or um, did you see this? Or did you see that? Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> but I also, I just couldn't couldn't write it today. I couldn't yeah. get to that article today. I don't have the money to pay somebody to write articles for me every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so... It's enough, though. Even what I have right now on Broadway Black, it's enough. You know, I went to your press event, what, three yeah, weeks ago? it was like three weeks ago. Three weeks yeah. ago. The photos still ain't out. <laughs> the photos coming out tomorrow, though. Yes, like, they'll be out when you listen tomorrow. to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but it took me time because I sat there and I, I edit the photos and I think about what I want them to be. And, yeah. and I'm an artist in, in the same respect. I don't just be throwing stuff up just because I, you know. And we appreciate it because we look great in them photos. Come through. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do with the melanin. Yeah. You know. I didn't like, do with that melanin. But the, but the other platforms, they'll just throw the photos out. They don't even be caring. Not like, giving a fuck. They will put the photos out, have the wrong name attached. Right, have you looking crazy? I'd be like, I look like, crazy as fuck. For, why y'all had to do that one? Yeah, for all eternity. It's never going away. And, <laughs> and quite literally, I'm gonna be honest, because of that, I'm gonna be sharing. I'm like, I'm not gonna share this look crazy like that. I'm not gonna share this article and I look crazy as fuck. Get out of here. Nope, if you find it, you find it, but you won't find it through me. Okay? You gotta Google that one. Very real. I don't play that shit, so thank you. Okay? And then also, like, we have to remember, y'all, in terms of, like, Drew, yes, he is, like, you are very precise with, like, your I work and what you put out there. I know he got Steven's name wrong. <laughs> Because it wasn't about him. <laughs> but, but, but that was precision was everywhere else around that, yeah. right? Like we got to understand, he is very precise. He is also like the founder of Broadway Black. And then also, yeah. we keep forgetting this nigga's equity. Yeah. We can't forget that. You know we can't forget that. Like it's he's juggling age. so much. It's a new age. Come it's on. Day, it's a new day. Okay, and he in the 30 and over club. Uh, you're in the 30 we know about club. that club. Right. Come on, Grandpa. It'd be getting a little grandpa, too loud. Yeah. Okay. A little too loud. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all, literally, it was so funny. I um I was texting uh, Chris uh, Livingston actually, um, uh-huh. and I was telling him I I know I'm in the thirty and over club because on a Friday night, give me my bed, mm-hmm. give me a nice old something to drink, and then just <laughs> let me watch a good old Netflix show. Yeah, I get my life. Yeah, my entire life. Get your entire life. Come on, y'all. We not. I'm, I don't feel like doing hot topics today. For real. I don't like I we had so much with Dominique so much, yeah. like okay. yeah we'll just we'll go back and tell me some shit happened this week you know I mean where is, is there anybody shows to promote or something like that they, they nobody gave me no check for it no promotion <laughs> well <laughs> that part but I I, I uh, will say so two things um one before getting to the uh, hot topics thing that I have to say about that is so I was I was waiting to hear what um, the monologue would be and after hearing I was like okay now I can say what's on my spirit in terms of what I think the name of this episode should be thinking about Lloyd being here thinking about Dominique thinking about the monologue that you just read something is telling me that this episode should be called Black Woman Right. Black Women Right. I'm here for that. I love Black it Women Right. Yeah. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> wow. I feel it. I feel Black Women, like everything just aligned for it, it to be. Black Women Right. I didn't even think and about I thank that. Y'all I for that. About, when I chose the monologue, I wasn't even thinking about that either. Th- that, like... That's why I said I want to wait to hear what the monologue will be. Yeah. And it just like, it let me know that God said, yep, this is the name of this episode. Yeah. Black Women Right. Yeah. Y'all out here. Right. Inspiring yes. us. Thank y'all, y'all so much. I, I 
Thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you. For, that's less come work through. than I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to put this out tomorrow. I um, can't. And then also, I just wanted to say really quick, and not going back to the conversation about hot topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine if we move on along. But I will say, I, I know that there are listeners who would love to hear thoughts about rent. Oh, because that God. did happen. Oh God, that did was it a play? Last week. It wasn't a play. No, it, it wasn't even a play. Oh, it was what it was. Um, and it is, but oh literally, I didn't either. And so, so this is this is why it came on while we were recording. Yeah. And then I was traveling to get home while it was still on. And then from what was happening, this is no shade. What what I was hearing on social media, I was like, oh, I don't want to see it now. Well, okay, so you know, this is what. <laughs> It's it's a whole big mess just because of the fact that, you know, they said the show must go on. So the guy that played Roger ended up breaking his foot maybe like a couple of hours before the show was supposed to go on. Like he could not go Lord on, but they didn't have an understudy. They didn't have anybody to play the role in the way that they had, you know, blocked it and set it up uh, for them to do this production. So they literally aired the dress rehearsal footage from the night before, two days oh before. <laughs> and in the studio where everybody was, they did like a... a um, uh, like a reading, almost like a, a stage, like they did in the when they when Jonathan Larson died, the cast of Rent didn't do the full production that mm-hmm. first night. They just did, you know, with the music stands, um, and just did it that way. So it was like a concert reading, mm-hmm. um, is the word I'm looking for. So it was like a concert reading, and he was out there with his wheelchair um, and singing the songs, and they had their stands, and they were just sitting on stage. <laughs> they and they what we saw on the television was the dress rehearsal footage, and so a lot of the the music um they was marking it like the uh, the characters were marking it they were out of breath um you know the stamina wasn't there it was it was just it was not yo good. my mouth is open i am like <laughs> severely um, gagged right now it was not good but everybody and this is the thing that i hate too because we always feel like we can't say anything bad about like oh well at least we should just be grateful that they're doing a, a theater show on national television we should just be grateful that we get to get this opportunity and like we shouldn't down down talk it or talk bad about it but it's not talking bad about it when you create something no matter who you are, you're an artist, you are subjecting yourself to critique. And this was a, a show that could have been done so well. And like it, it would have mm-hmm. been done well had it been live. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we had that element of live theater, that's what the whole point of doing this was. Like we didn't get a live aspect of it and we didn't get live until the very like five, last five minutes of really? it. Really? Um, and then that's when they brought out the original cast. Um, but even the original cast was like pitchy beyond belief like i mean it was that's so crazy like, I-, I was shouting to the tv wrong key girl uh, so 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 like literally the like all all the all we watched show, up until the five like last five minutes was uh like the last dress rehearsal minutes, yes, was dress rehearsal footage wow um, and we also have this thing where people like want to i ain't miss shit so you did not <laughs> no shade um, but we also have this thing where people want to celebrate mediocrity just because it's there and like oh my gosh you killed that and like you know it was something like the Maureen and Joanne take me or leave me was horrendous. Um, it was, I, I just couldn't <laughs> believe how bad it was, and, and people were acting like it wasn't. Like, and that's people why was I, acting like it was. they really were, <laughs> like they were delusional. Drew, they were really <laughs> acting that way. The the person that played uh, Angel Valentina or Valentino Valentina, Valentina uh-huh. uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. fame uh, was just the voice was non-existent. Ooh. Um, but there were some there were some great lights. Brandon Victor Dixon, Brandon Victor Dixon was 
just of he course. saved the show. Of course. He saved the show. And even Mario gave us some good vocals. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to see more from Mario than I did from, you know, the the main six. Oh, well actually, um the guy that played uh uh what is his name? Fisher. The guy that played um Oh, I can't think of his name. I need to pull this up, but I wasn't expecting to talk about this. What, Jordan Fisher? Jordan Fisher, uh-huh. yes. Jordan Fisher, he played Mark. I was about uh-huh. to call him Marcus Fisher. Come on, Marcus. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was, I, and it was on the tip of my toss. Let me not say that. Come on, Marcus Fisher, Jordan Fisher. <laughs> Jordan Fisher, he was great. Mm-hmm. But that's the first time I've ever really seen like a black Mark for real. Mm. Like you know, And he, he was phenomenal, but I don't think that he got his... He didn't get his just due... Like he didn't get his credit because everybody around him and, and most of the scenes that he were in were so like blase blah. Oh my god! Like and Mark is supposed to be like the the, the center force. Mm-hmm. Like he is the he's sort of like the the staple or everything that keeps everything together yeah. in a way. Um, and he did that effortlessly. Like he was really great. And but Brandon Victor Dixon, when I tell you, he opened up his his mouth. And was and light was years it. beyond. Like you can tell, he wasn't marking at all during that dress rehearsal. Wow, he was in it. Like he was ready. He's done this role before, and he. I was just like, man, if we could have had this energy the entire Tired. show, yeah, from like, everybody, imagine, right? Imagine what it could have been. But you could tell that they just weren't expecting this footage to be out there. They were just uh, trying to find that their is. way in, into performing. And it was the first time with the audience, and the audience was screaming and yelling the entire time, so you couldn't hear certain aspects of it. Tanache uh, was uh, out of breath from taking two steps over to the left. And, <laughs> you know, like, she really was. Like, and it was just like, what are y'all hearing? But then they were also trying to say that a lot of the white people were just praising Tanache, like white media press was praising Tanache, and the black media sources were like, what happened? Like, girl. Like, like, girl. But... We don't celebrate mediocrity. Like we we are the roots of Showtime at the Apollo. We gonna yeah. let you know when it's good or not. Like and if it ain't good, we ain't standing up for Where it. Where was Sandman when you uh, need right. him? Like, but also, could you imagine? <laughs> but this also goes back to my to to the thought process of mm. me saying um, that I really believe that a lot of times you know some some talent gets cast because they are uh oh my they're not intimidating. They don't intimidate mm-hmm. white artists. They don't feel like they're they will be outshined. And this even goes back to, you know, in the sixties, seventies and, you know, in the early twenties when when black artists were being uh were being uh, cast in movies and and like with Fred Astaire and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know just some of the old time greats in the classic movie era that they were even better than those their counterparts mm-hmm. but they weren't able to shine outshine them because they were like oh you can't mm-hmm. do this so we're going to put you in a maid uniform we're going to put you back here in the back and you can only do maybe one or two steps because you can't be better than us um, and so now there's like it just all it just all plays into hands like it's like what are we doing y'all like I know Telsey cast this but like and you have to include, you know, some of the new age artists to get like people to really to really watch the show. But it was also the the lowest lowest ratings for a musical, um, I think, ever for Fox. Like Fox has done other musicals and this was like their lowest rated musical ever. And it's because of the fact that they did not get real theater artists to to do this and they didn't have understudies. Why would you not have an understudy for this show? Yeah. I I can see them them being like the higher powers to be the execs to like blah blah blah. Uh, to hear that it's the like lowest rated is a gag to me, um, especially considered. Well, so my 
train of thought was I can see why, or rather, I'm I'm curious why it was the lowest rated. If if they got people like um, Tanase and Mario and like other powers that be, um, and this is like no shade though. But then I was thinking, oh well, like in the past they got people like Jennifer Hudson and what so like mm-hmm. of a different caliber and like yeah. of a different status. So I was like, oh, I guess I can understand why it is the lowest rated because. The caliber is pro- a right. bit different. It it's not like a Jennifer Hudson or right, but that's or still maybe people tuned in and then turned away. They <laughs> well, they that's probably another thing too the because well, and even for the well, they also lost audience because I think even for like the first couple of minutes or so, um, the the screen was blank. Like nobody saw oh, the beginning man. of the show. Nobody has seen the beginning of the the show because the TV wasn't on. Like it, the channel wasn't working or something happened. Um, so I hear because we were here in the studio. They before, missed the mark. They they really missed the mark. <laughs> they this missed time. the like, mark. It, it was it was a disaster. But anyway. y'all could y'all imagine if you weren't the actor that didn't break your leg and like oh, you I'd be were pissed. right. Like that's actually when you got to think about like that's actually insane. Pissed. I would be pissed. That is insane. Like, but you know the cast is all like oh we had a great time my rent family my rent on fox family it's like that's great for y'all but what about us we wanted to see what y'all saw <laughs> we was ready like we wanted to see what y'all saw in rehearsal like we wanted to get that chance too that we is did, so we, we, insane we lost it we didn't get it and that's unfortunate you know what i mean the things happen but it's like when when would they learn when they're doing these live musicals you got to have understudies you got to have people ready like the Wiz live had understudies but that's because of kenny leon directed he's mm-hmm. worked in the theater understand so he knows that you know anything could literally Anything could happen. If this is a live show. And then also understanding, like, when you get to a certain point, like, it's not just about marketing anymore. Right. Like, you like you got to be in it to win it. And yeah. it sounds like from what you're talking about and from what I uh, uh, saw online, that, like, Brandon, he was in it to win it, like, throughout. Um, so it's, it's yeah. unfortunate. So we're going to get right into the listener letter. Wait, let me create something for this. Uh, yeah. Listener letter. Like, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what. That's what. not it. That's not, I, know it's not I don't it. know what it is, but I know that ain't it. I know that I ain't know. it. Let me, let me, I'm going to go back into the to the drawing board and we'll come uh-huh. back to something. I keep thinking about it. Well, actually, why won't y'all create something for us? Like, okay. if y'all got like uh, something, y'all just send me a voice note or something. Like, what you think the listener letter section should be? Because we got the hot topics. They better send you a voice note. Send me something, because. <laughs> They better send you a voice note. Seriously, I mean, shit. Oh, and also, don't forget about the I Said What I Said contest. And and right, with yeah. that, I will say... Uh, what? Okay, I was like, wait, what, what did you just talk about? The I Said What um, I Said contest. Oh, that's the name of it. When people send the songs. Yeah. yeah. Why, wh- I don't know where my mind was, y'all. <laughs> well, I was forgive about, me. Wait, I was talking about the the listener letter, like, intro. And first. you and and okay and then so I said what I said is what we talked about last week with right. okay the so contest that you can win a hundred dollars I was in the right here space okay Brandon um he he had my back he said what he understood why I was so confused as to why it has to be strictly YouTube a YouTube link because they were like like why well, yes he, he texted me about that he was like, like like yes and what about the possibility of uploading it on Google Drive. Uploading on Google Drive causes more work for me. Really? That I don't have the time for. So mm. uploading YouTube allows me to put it on the website so other people can see it and I'll be able to share it and not just us share. Oh, so that's so that what we're doing. Back. Yeah, so I can go back and, because I mean, other people are going to want to hear uh, and see what the, the, con- the contestants have okay. done. So in order for me to be able to publish it mm-hmm. easier, I need that link because it's, it's, quick, it's quicker. I don't have to upload it to the website, mm. which takes hours sometimes depending on how large the videos are. Okay. So it's like making it condensed, mm-hmm. less work for me. Okay. You know? 
Thank okay. you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And I feel he it. He did text me about that, though. Yeah, and I understand. But y'all, get into the I Said What I Said contest. You can win $100. What you have to do is... Um, it's a monologue competition hosted by Broadway Black where you submit dramatic readings of your favorite hip-hop R&B songs for a chance to win some coin. Uh, it's this month. We started, you know, you could have s- submitted. A couple people have submitted, I believe, uh, since the 1st of February, and it'll run every week um, until the end. You have until 11.59 October, I mean, not October, February 28th. Uh, to submit, and we'll choose somebody that next episode after that. Um, but you can win $100 for uh, just sending in a dramatic reading of your favorite hip-hop R&B songs. Send a YouTube link to offbook at broadwayblack.com. I said what I said, contest. And okay. with your favorite uh, uh, R&B or hip-hop song, a black artist. Oh, yeah. Gotta be <laughs> we like artist. just want to make sure we specify a black artist. <laughs> I've been artist. forgetting that white people be trying to do hip-hop and R&B sometimes. Mm-hmm. The, the, last, like, the last person I've even given credit for being a, a white like, R&B artist is John B. Does that make me old? Uh, no, it don't make you old. <laughs> well, he is grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> it don't make you old. John B, you remember John B? Oh, I remember John B. That was my shit. I was, I was watching his unsung a few months ago. Oh, he had an unsung. I got to get. He had to a that. really good unsung. Okay, well look. I'm through. Okay, well this uh, listen letters from Alex Parker. He said, uh, "Y'all don't mind if I shake the table for one sec? How can this be an industry that claims to take all shapes and sizes, but then tell someone in the audition room to lose weight? Ooh. How can this be an industry that claims to be diverse and progresses, but well, just look at ninety percent of the casting nowadays. It took fifteen years for Black Glenda. How can this be an industry that?" claims to have room for everyone and then cast the same people over and over again. Don't even get me started on Voices of Diversity. Uh, It's personal, but I'm tired of having to sing into the damn rafters just to book. Can someone make it make sense? What do we feel about this industry and how we can sort of uh, cultivate change within getting all different types of body sizes and shapes and uh, different ethnicities um, and, and also just different types of voices, vocal style, because I think a lot of times the theater has been stuck into to tropes of what black people can be. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people feel like they have to be able to riff and run if they're heavier, you know, a, a, a larger size or a different shape as a black woman. Or even as a, a black male, you have to sing into the rap. You have to be a high tenor in order just to book. You gotta be a Michael Kilgore mm. and slay him down just in order to, to book a show. So what do we feel, how, we, how can we cre- help create and consistently create change for artists that are coming in with all different types of shapes and vocal stylings? Yeah. So I would say in terms of, um, so I look at it uh, in two different uh, 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 sectors, straight play and uh, like a musical and so I'm thinking in terms of a straight play I feel like it is up to us as writers um, to create stories that sees like the fullness of human beings right Mm -hmm. Um, like all aspects in terms of body sizes in terms of sexuality in terms of uh, gender expression and identity in terms of like um, if if someone is disabled or not like I think mm-hmm. it boils down to like the work that we create because we as playwrights are in a very beautiful position unlike with uh, film and TV mm-hmm. the ones that are in power beyond well not the writers aren't really in power um, it's producers and directors but with theater the playwrights are the ones that are in power that gets the final say and so you won't have a theater to come in and, and that'll say you know what I think you should make that uh, character smaller I think opposed to this character being disabled, um, being in a wheelchair, maybe they can walk. Like, they will be like, okay, the writer wants this, so we will do what we need to 
to do to make that happen. So I, in terms of a straight play, all I can think about is us as writers yeah. and making sure that we create work that shows a fullness of um, humanity in terms of all elements and all aspects. Yeah, yeah, I agree um, with that as well. I feel like in our character descriptions, we can mandate that. Yeah. Um, and I just think that it's up to us, like you say, Danye, to um, take on that charge mm-hmm. and start being more um, inclusive in our work, mm-hmm. and not and and be inclusive in a way where it doesn't mean that because we have a full figure person that the story has to be about that. Yeah. We can just simply say that this person, this story is a a full figured. Um, character but it's just a story that has nothing to do with that yeah. they're just living life too yeah. so yeah I like a hundred percent and i also think that you know i know that you know a lot of times people want to perform forever in a day but also people are getting to different avenues and trying to branch off um and find different career paths within the same industry start thinking about that now you mm-hmm. you may not want to perform forever you may, you may not have the the capacity or the body um to be able to do that consistently for uh, into your 50s and 60s like chuck cooper you know what i mean so start thinking about other career paths that you can sort of take after being an actor and casting is one of those things mm-hmm. really be looking at how people cast and how that industry works because you can be an asset and we need more black people you cannot name a black casting director mm-hmm. you can't name them you have to really think really hard because there are really none maybe one or two that you, and i can't even think of their names off the top of my head mm-hmm. um but you have to really start thinking about other avenues to sort of influence the culture beyond yourself because we can say all day that there should be this and there should be that but if you're not influencing the younger generation to be to to take those career paths and telling them that it's possible for them to make a living doing that mm-hmm. and if you're not doing it yourself then what are you really doing besides just talking into the air yeah. and saying that we need this we need this but are you going to be the one to sacrifice yourself mm-hmm. to do that work um so you know think about being a casting uh, director Think about being a lighting designer. You know what I'm saying? We need people that know how to light black bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, think about what that means for you and, and how what other avenues can you branch off and become the change that you want to see. Um, that's all I can say about that. Yeah. All right. I agree 100 percent Oh, so we can get out of here? Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Look, down here. It's not bad. We didn't even hit the two hour mark. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. How <laughs> <laughs> do say that? that oh, yes. Well, Lloyd, we thank you so much <laughs> thank for being you so here. Much. It's been uh, just a pleasure. Thank you like, so much. And so, make sure the light opens on February tenth. It's in previews yes. right now. You can still, you can come see it right now through March seventeenth. Um, I'm seeing it this week. Yes. yes. Come and enjoy this experience mm-hmm. with us. Let's get it. Will definitely will. And yeah. so, you headed back to Chicago after this, right? Yes. Oh. Back to Chicago. My God. So check out Lloyd Chicago too. Come through. Get it. So, you know, oh, yeah. I'm coming to Chicago, too, so I'll let you know when I'm coming because okay. it's going to be yeah, some shit going do. down. <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah, we're going to get it. All right, y'all, it's been a brand new episode of Off Book presented to you by Broadway Black. We've hit our marks and we've done it right now. I'm Drew Shade. I'm Donya Love. I'm Loy A. Webb. And we out, y'all. See Deuces. y'all, my niggas. Peace. <laughs> um, True that. Woo, my God. Okay. You ready, Chris? Chris, be ready. Chris, okay. be on it. Chris, stay ready. Chris, what should be over there doing? What you we heard? Recording? Editing some photos, sending some emails. So you just be working the whole time. <laughs> so how you be knowing what to go back through and add into the show? It helps. <laughs> <laughs>
You take notes? I'll be watching them. I'll be like, at first I was like, what is he over there taking notes? Then I'm like, oh. But if you go back and listen to the show, it'd be like dings and like yeah, little stuff in there. I'd be like, oops. He'd be taking notes. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, that's when you know Chris the genius. He's like, oh, I think this sound will be perfect for this thing. Yeah. You just take that and little note. And you make note. sure there's the gun marks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come through. Gun marks. <laughs> Come through. Gun marks. <laughs> we know you good for a gun mark. <laughs> Oh, that's y'all. Okay, you good. For, <laughs> you me. good for needing a gun mark. <laughs> I, I, I. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.